0: Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Gant Laborde. Gant, do you want to say hello?
1: Yeah, hey, everybody.
0: Now, uh, have you been on JavaScript Jabber?
1: No, no, I have not. Not yet.
0: But you're a semi-regular on React Native Radio.
1: Correct. Yeah, I've done a few podcasts, but I'm hoping to expand the 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 podcasting in 2018. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yep.
0: Yeah. And uh let's see if I remember this right. You work for Infinite Red?
1: That is correct. Yeah.
0: And uh you all have a project called Ignite which is a mm. I don't know if I want to call it a framework, but Yeah. It's it's, it's a toolkit and yeah, a very complete framework for putting together apps in React Native.
1: Yeah, React Native sort of dumps you off in the middle of the desert with you know a pile of clothes and a jug of water.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, there's been a lot of people trying to help out those who come after us. And Ignite has sort of been the solution that we've used. It's uh, We ship apps constantly, being a consulting company, right? and uh, we're 100% remote and we're asynchronous, so we need to, we just simply use open source and sort of open, temp, uh, you know, like templating and, and working uh-huh. with everybody to, to give a away to, to say like what our best practices are. And we work on those internally and they sort of pop back out as boilerplates that are consumed by Ignite.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I've actually installed it and given it a try. Of course, I haven't gone so far as to actually build anything with React Native yet. but
1: <laughs> Well, it's getting easier, fortunately. We have a boilerplate we're working on called Bowser, which uh-huh. is going to be the next iteration. And what it does is it really cleans up the amount of boilerplate necessary in order to ship a production-ready app. Um, fortunately, the ecosystem sort of grown substantially in uh, some really cool ways. Right. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 weird because, you know, so many cool things came out of React. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just Redux, uh, you know, like the, the rest of the world sort of like quakes from the, the advances in JavaScript. And yeah. what I really like is, you know, as it's continuing to move forward, um, there's some really cool tools that are coming out of it. There's some great ways that people have established on how to really uh, deliver a quality app in JavaScript.
0: Yeah, well, and it's interesting too, because a lot of the ideas that came out of React got incorporated into Angular 2, into Vue.js, and then um, the the folks that are working on like NGRX in Angular, I spend a lot more time talking to Angular folks. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, that, that all basically got taken from the ideas inside of Redux. And so, you know, we're seeing a lot of this movement uh, that, yeah, it, it permeates more than just, oh, we can do this in JavaScript, to we're going to do this in these other systems because it makes a ton of sense and solves some of the problems we have.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's really um, sort of unfragmented JavaScript, uh-huh. it, where people are able to look across the pond and say, that's working, let's yep. do it
0: absolutely so anyway that it's funny because we get off on these tangents but this that's not really what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about you so um, uh, (laughs) let's just jump in and get your story and you know i think we're going to wind up coming back around to some of this um but let's let's go back to the very beginning how did you get into programming
1: well uh my dad is uh the most anti-computer person known to mankind um I know a lot of people just saw, you know, their own dads, but he called me over because he couldn't watch cable for three days. And he's like, can you please fix this? I pressed the power <laughs> button on the cable box and he's like, oh, you fixed it. And he didn't think he did anything wrong. He just thought that it was you know, my fault for not taking less than three days to come over and press the power button. Uh, so as a kid, you can imagine we we really just didn't have anything to do with computers. My dad's a very smart uh, kind of like with history and, and the sciences, but right. he just didn't want computers. And fortunately, his work sort of forced him to have one. And uh, being, you know, just like everybody else, I, I was trying to see if I can get games on there or mm-hmm. that. Um, this computer could not support games. <laughs> it was the cheapest piece of crap ever. Uh, and then fortunately enough, my neighbor came over, um, pulled up some stuff on the computer and made it say, hello, Gant, uh, what, you know, in text, basically hello world. Right. And it blew my mind. It is it the first time that instead of consuming electronics um i'd actually seen somebody interact with it Mm -hmm. and and i couldn't i was like you have to show me everything (laughs) and it was amazing because uh you know my neighbor uh to this day we're still friends and actually now we're co-workers he got out of computers Uh and now he's back into it so i actually (laughs) i i mentored him and now he's working with us at infinite red and he's doing uh, amazing. But I mean, if he had stayed in it, uh, I'd be taking lessons from him for sure.
0: That's funny. I have a few friends like that that wound up in different fields. Yeah, not in computers. They they were the ones that were doing all that stuff. And yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's really funny because, I mean, the, it, if you think about it as a child, you know, I wasn't, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. But having somebody manage DOS uh-huh. Log in, write quick basic, have a hello world, and then have enough to wherewithal to get you started. Right. It was like that's a serious level there. And I just you you know the people who are out there who who stuck with it. Those are like the titans in programming today. So <laughs> talk about missed opportunity, but still I'm really happy to have him as a friend. And 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 what he did honestly altered my life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know, you're you're playing around, you're learning the programming stuff. You know, doing some basic. Um, how did you get into JavaScript?
1: Well, fortunately, basic stuck around enough. I was with the AOL World, uh, and AOL World wanted Visual Basic, which was the next step. Uh huh. And and then um, I was hooked on programming pretty hard. And once you're hooked on programming, uh, it's always a hop, skip, and jump to web. Right. But I can tell you this: um, I started off with back-end web in early two thousands, which was ASP, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was like the easiest to get. It was like how PHP, you know, kind of got popular. It was like really easy to get started, and there wasn't really that much to it. But uh, also around early 2000s, JavaScript started to really make its moves, you know, Right. and you just if you wanted to do uh, menus, which were really important, for some reason,
2: <laughs> um,
1: you needed to learn JavaScript. So I bought probably like an O'Reilly or a Sam's Teach Yourself in 21 Days JavaScript book. Mm-hmm. And that's a I I dare say, that's a completely different JavaScript than <laughs> what we experience today. Um, that was just abysmal. Uh, it works in Netscape, doesn't work in IE. Kind of that whole <laughs> yep. world. There's no uh, solutions for anything. Nobody's got code out there. Yep. You're just happy that you figured out, you know, how to make it not. Oh, you know. Break ninety um, percent of the time, mm-hmm. and that was my JavaScript experience, which explains why I ran from it screaming. <laughs> I uh, I was really just anybody who did JavaScript when it first came out, and you know the saying JavaScript has as much to do with Java as a carnival has to do with a car.
0: Uh huh. Yep. <laughs>
1: it's just it it, it was. JavaScript in name only Mm -hmm. and it was just a mess when it first came out and and all the DOMs and the Internet Explorer features only I didn't stick around with JavaScript for very long. I had to run away for a bit and I went back to backend and said whatever I'm just going to do PHP database desktop apps Mm -hmm. Um,
0: A lot of us used that coping mechanism back in the day (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was important, right? I mean, you had to find some place where your code could run. Yep. You couldn't be that guy who said, come check this out, and nothing worked. That's, I mean...
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was very
1: unacceptable a long time ago to say that, by the way. It was just like, it was like, let me play, you know, what's your favorite song on guitar? Let me try to, like, strum through it real quick. Nobody sits around for that, right? You're, right. you're alone. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, um... I, I made my trek back to JavaScript many many years later mm-hmm. um, through of course jQuery right. uh, which brought some kind of you know consistency dependability back to JavaScript and then um, JavaScript's gotten a full head of steam and just excelled into you know a, a position where it can't be ignored right. and I mean, I know that's not a love story, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, but... Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it's becoming one, you know. Um, Whether it be, you know, I'm just... uh, What's that complex where you you have to love your your captors? Oh,
0: Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yep.
1: Uh, And then, uh, you know, like that explains why Rubyists and JavaScript people uh, constantly fought. You know, it's just like there's this... But they're all merging now, and there's new higher order programming and concepts, and ES6, ES7. It's just getting there,
0: you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really interesting to see how it's changed because, yeah, um, you know, I, I got into web development seriously as a career in like 2005, 2006. Oh, nice. Uh, doing Ruby on Rails, and yeah, I mean it was like this is such a pain you know i have to code in all this stuff for internet explorer and then i have to code in all this stuff for netscape i got to code in all this stuff for any other browser i want to use and then jquery came along and just made all that go away
1: right right and did you uh, were you a coffee scripter
0: um i did coffee script for a while i've kind of gone back and forth between that and uh what 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 would you call it regular javascript es5 yeah. um and uh, now I'm really digging TypeScript. So
1: yes, high five on TypeScript, man. So yeah, that is definitely uh, you know, I, I I think like I mean I've I've spoken to a lot of people and there seems to be some competition to TypeScript. Everybody's talking about oh this is so much better, right? I, no, man, I'm, I'm really digging TypeScript real hard, so.
0: Yeah, well, the thing that gets, here here's another tangent, right? But the thing that, that gets me there more than anything else has nothing to do with actually anything that TypeScript really gives you, other than classes, maybe. I, I really like having, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. object-oriented programming in JavaScript. And yes, I, I know people are going out there going, well, you knew that in ES5. No, it's not the same.
1: Um, <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> um,
0: so, you know, I can set up a class and then I can instantiate a class and it's pretty seamless and TypeScript makes that really easy. But the other thing that uh, more than that, more than any of the features, any one feature of TypeScript or ES6 or any of the, you know, the superset that TypeScript gives you is the tooling. And the tooling just takes so much of that pain away because all of a sudden, I don't have to think about this stuff. You're returning the wrong type, dummy. You know, it just tells me that. Um, if I structure it wrong, if I leave something out, um, you know, the the tooling that they've built around it, um, it, it, it really it checks all of that stuff. And so, you know, you use a tool like Visual Studio Code or you hook it up to your Emacs or Vim Setup as a plugin. Um, you know the typescript uh, I forget what they call it but it's like the language process thingy um, I think that's the official name the language process thingy I,
1: but, I remember reading it yeah that was, that's what it was
0: but but it it makes it, it makes it so seamless to just write it and it gives me the sanity checks on the fly and mm, so the yeah. strong uh, it's not strong typing but it you know you give it the the indications on what types are going to be used and things like that it it you know it's just that it does the checking for me, and so I don't have to check it in my head. I get warned yeah. when I make it a mistake.
1: Yeah, there's an ACM magazine article that they just released uh, in the latest issue. Said um, XML and JSON are cardboard, and it's kind of an interesting concept. But the uh-huh. idea is that um, cardboard is essential in industry. Because you can easily form, it protects, it like packages things and brings them to other places. Um, and then sort of TypeScript is like industrial cardboard, right? Because right? <laughs> what you have is uh, that classic, what the hell is going on? And then you find a typo. You know? And you act, you're accessing some part of an object that doesn't even exist because you can't type. I mean, inside of, you know, TypeScript would have told you the second you made that typo. Yep. Right. And it's just, it, it, that's a whole world of difference is like catching that feedback loop that, you know, uh, Rubyists uh-huh. were always in love with, like Pry and all these yep. other tools, getting this immediate way to like get your hands dirty and know that it's going to work when you let go of it. JavaScript always had this weird, I'm going to break the second you look away.
2: Kind of feel <laughs> <Yes>. to
1: it, <laughs> and and it, it's gone in TypeScript. TypeScript brings yeah. back this sanity. It's mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, I don't know if people want to call it a JavaScript babysitter or like a level up or like some kind of I think, but yeah, I feel that uh, when we're we're implementing it now, when we ship, oh, we don't feel this sort of anxiety like when yeah. five hundred people start using this. What is going to come back and bite us? Yeah, it it doesn't come back anymore.
0: Yep, absolutely. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean it, there, and there are so many things that just it it's seamless. It doesn't interrupt my flow either. So,
1: right? Yeah, unless you make a mistake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So we've talked about JavaScript. How did you get into React Native?
1: Well, we were shipping mobile apps. Um, I was moonlighting for infinite red when it was just a small company mm-hmm. and um then it started to like pull together all these resources from open source and start to grow into this this actual entity that you know is sort of um if you wanted a mobile app and you wanted it written we were using ruby motion and native and it's like if yep. you kind of wanted to get into that world we were the authority and we were loving Ruby Motion because it really blunted the, the disgusting sort of uh, underpinnings that you didn't have to look at every day with, with Native. But you were able to, to access them and work with them. Right. Well, uh, Ruby Motion, the support for Android was always coming. And mm-hmm. it was it was always under development. but There's um, a four person company. They right. they had uh, they worked their butts off, but um, we needed to we were building a bigger and bigger business around that that tool chain, and it was closed source, and we couldn't fix anything. So we had sort of a, a moment of truth. Right? Are we going to go 100 native, or are we going to go? Uh, into something else. And at that time, React Native was a year old and they had just announced that they're doing Android, right, Uh I think it was. And we said, let's do a full research and development on React Native and came back from that R&D with glowing eyes of happiness. Like we can write native, we can write JavaScript, we can do anything that we need to do. And the code looks exactly the same right. for for both of them. Like, why are we not jumping on this today? And so that's what we did. We we jumped straight in with both feet and uh, started delivering our mobile apps with React Native. And um, you know, the hardest part about it was there was just nobody out there <laughs> currently o- open sourcing their stuff. Now it's a different ecosystem by right. far. Uh, and we really enjoyed, you know, uh, we haven't looked back. Yeah. It, it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that are really interesting about it, and you know, I've talked to people about React Native. I've talked to people about Native Script. I've talked to people about, yeah. you know, some of these other uh, interesting JavaScript solutions, um, much more than say Cordova, which is a, it operates at a different mm-hmm. level. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, working through the JavaScript bridge. You know, so it's JavaScript core on, um, on iOS, and it's what is it V eight, on, on the uh, Android, yeah, and you know it. The rest of it's native, and that was one of the things that, you know, for a long time. I know it's much much better now. So if you go and you do something like, you you know, use Ionic or something, you know, it it feels mostly native most of the time but Mm -hmm. it's it's still web interface and there are still issues that sometimes crop up whereas with these others you can call all the native apis across the javascript bridge and it'll just work and the layouts are all native and so it it functions mostly like a regular app and you Mm -hmm. I, i haven't seen a react native app where i could tell that it wasn't written in swift
1: yeah well you know what's funny is uh they, they're able to send all the animations down to native if they're certain animations uh-huh. like there's all these optimizations where they're trying to like blur those lines um, also the platform abilities a bit more uh, exhaustive like you can you know you could go do an Xbox app <laughs> in react Native
2: oh wow really? uh,
1: yeah yeah uh, Apple TV like, it's just it's so it's this virtual Dom. Concept can be transported uh, anywhere. It's just what native elements do I map to? Um, Even so, it's sort of been done where it's funny. This is the cart horse, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is the snake eating itself, perhaps. You have the React Native web, which is you write in React Native and then it renders down to web.
0: Right. Which is really. Web renderer (laughs) instead of the native renderer
1: right right what's funny is like it comes back to, and so it's yeah. it's sort of like uh i like this idea of platforms being at this this other level uh-huh. um that you almost you can support and uh this really gives you that i'm writing the same kind of thing um just I know where to change it to fit each platform. Right. And and the funniest part about it is, is some of the most expensive apps that come our way as a, a consulting company don't want to look like native apps anymore. Um, <laughs> that that's sort <laughs> that of that used like, to be
0: the big thing, right? That's why so, people didn't well, want to use Cordova.
1: Right. Like a skeuomorphism, like back with iOS days where uh-huh. notepads had to look like notepads, right? that that died and everybody went flat right right so so now that everything's flat it's your flavor of icons your flavor of your app your flavor so now every app that we're building goes through our design team and the designers build an experience that's specific for your audience not specific for an ios or android audience Mm -hmm. specific for your audience like what's the age demographic what's the what's the sort of feel what are the color schemes that 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 are that work that and so it's like uh i feel like it's almost down to more atomic like the atomic design is getting more atomic right because now it's like give me your demographic give me your users and then let me build an experience for them Mm -hmm. and i know that there's some there's there's always going to be some part where you have to go back to native because everybody on iOS knows to do this, everybody on Android knows to do that. Right. But those sections are getting smaller and smaller. It seems like um, as we're sort of moving towards this um, user experience focused kind of energy. Uh, it's funny because like that's not at all <laughs> that's not at all what you would think, but the bigger, more expensive stuff mm-hmm. they they want to build the story for their users. yep um, you know and and then of course, there's always the classics where you just want a, a simple minimal viable product, right right uh, those those are uh, you know, trying to identify what's the fastest path between there and sometimes mm-hmm. even that uh, doesn't tread on native uh, too much at all,
0: right. One thing that I'm curious about, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, the idea of, you know, building the story or building the workflow or, you know, building things in the way that people want to use them. Um, how does React Native really enable you to do that? Or is that more, you know, a level up from React Native?
1: No, I think, it, I think React Native's still like creating amazing ways to do it. So Storybook if you're Uh unfamiliar with it, uh, which I think is, you know, another one of those ideas that's everywhere now, is that React Native has this component, which is like an encapsulation point, sort of like, uh, um, there's another ACM magazine article about how that's Facebook's take on uh, functional programming. Right. Right. And so you have these composable pieces of components and um you can actually break an app out into its components, and you can have a team of people as a matter of fact, I've never seen a junior developer be so um, net positive as I have with component structures. You can hand them here's a button here's all the states uh-huh. it'll have here's the you know here's the behavior I expect it to do and the animation it needs right. and Throw them into the, you know, they have full access to the project, but technically they get this storybook page where they can show all the different states, all the different items, mm-hmm. and then they come back to you. And what happens is um, you put your app into storybook mode or, you know, web page. Right. And you click through and look at it, and then you can examine their code. And they've contributed, you know, they came uh-huh. back to you and they had to look up. Basic documentation. They don't know where that button lands, how it actually operates with global state in either Redux or MobX or MobX State Tree or right. or Redux Logic. I mean, they don't even understand the differences between those things, and that's what I really like about it is because um, that that sort of React structure gives um, a delineation for for everybody to kind of work with and i've heard uh, amazing stories have kind of come in even from wix who've had teams of people who want redux and teams of people who want mobx Mm -hmm. and they just make a small insulation barrier between the two where they can use each other's components and it doesn't matter what kind of management that they have for those pieces so we're moving towards reusability which i guess is sort of the birthplace of let's bring JavaScript into right. native. And uh, you've got a large company backing with well, actually several large company backings now and a large community of saying, we want to solve this problem to the best of our ability until mm-hmm. like, until computer science tells us we can't anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, just the, the advent of, I mean, we really care a lot more about user experience, so the pond got a lot bigger. You know, we have yeah. a lot more uh, intelligent people discussing the problem.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what have you worked on that you are particularly proud of in the JavaScript er- arena?
1: Well, I tell you, I've I've definitely worked with React Native as a core as contributor. Um, at some point, I was in the top 100. I think I might still be. I, I don't know. But it, it's good to give back um, mm-hmm. to the people who sort of make this happen. I don't know how much of that actually goes back into Facebook. But uh, I contribute a lot with React Native. Um, and then the React Native ecosystem and libraries, you'll, you'll usually see me either commenting on tickets or merging pull requests. I have... Um, quite a lot of access from from my experience here <laughs> right <laughs> uh and then of course ignite and reactatron are two fantastic tools that uh i get to play at least some part in they're really owned by the community right and my and but um definitely also by everybody who works on it we sort of we code on those Ecosystems as as open source simply because that's how infinite red works, Uh but also as in sometimes people will come in and champion tasks and you won't even know who this person is, where they live, you know, anything about it and they'll show up. And because um, the, you know, the philosophies align we will get amazing throughput on these kinds of tools. Nice. Yeah, it is a lot of fun.
0: It sounds like fun. What are you working on now?
1: Uh, I have this new library that I just recently released, and it's called Solidarity. Uh huh. And it's birthed from the concept that we're using bigger and bigger tool chains, right? So React Native itself uses tons of CLIs, requires your environment to be mm-hmm. set up correctly. Um, You've got all these other kind of tools out there require the same thing. And so what I did is I made sort of a DSL around the idea of marking up what the environment necessities are inside of a JSON file. Okay. And then it's this package that you can just run, and then it tells you if uh, your machine's good to go. And what happened is I was helping somebody and I'd lost two or three hours to find out that they didn't have X code set up right. Oh no. <laughs> and it, it's a really hard thing. And but what yeah. what are humans terrible at? Right? Lists and checking differences. Like we're good at patterns, but not uh-huh. differences. And what are computers fantastic at? Going over yeah. gigantic lists and checking. So so I, I created this thing. It's called uh, I did a blog post called um Uh, Like developer sanity (laughs) through solidarity, Uh (laughs) and uh, what happens is, if you've got a project and it depends on a CLI, uh, a couple other things, having like a database set up, and if you you just basically you list out these requirements, and then you Uh can semver them. You can say, hey, it just needs to exist, a couple other things, and then you just type uh, solidarity. And it will give you a report saying whether or not this machine's good to go. So it's sort of like environment linting, maybe. Maybe it's yeah. like a good way of it. But what happens is um, if you've got one machine that can run a project, one machine that can't, you just simply can run this command okay. to say, like, hey, what's, what's important and what's the difference? Because these are the things you need to have set up.
0: So, and kinda, so is this like beyond NPM? Yeah, so, so, so NPM it's your wider... is going
1: to totally take care of all your node modules.
0: Right. right, all of your dependencies.
1: Right, your 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 node dependencies. Right. And then let's say you need Watchmen or you mm-hmm. need Xcode. You need a, a specific Android version. Uh, you gotcha. have a website that uses an image optimizer that needs to be installed. So uh-huh. like Docker is how people solve this now. They're like, here's... Right. You know, here's a Docker a, file, you know, Bill. Like here's everything. Right. right. Um, but we can't control people's environments uh, in open source. We can't right. control people's environments as clients. But what we can do is we can we can sort of build a list and then mm-hmm. say, if this comes up clean, your machine's good to go. Right. And so now it's kind of nice. And so, like, oh, you know, CocoaPods, look, we got to make sure they got Ruby. <laughs> We've got to make yeah. sure they've got the right cocoa pods. That's not corrupt. Yeah. And so it's basically, it's this, ex, it's this middle layer that helps all these uh, crazy tool chains that are required in environment X, environment Z. Uh, maybe I'm building a Windows app, you know, and I need mm-hmm. to make sure you have these things. That, so what happens is um, I can just type this command and then it can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Right. Um, and then also, let's say I need to file a ticket. Um, uh-huh. I, could, I could ask it for a report, and then it gives me like a GitHub friendly table uh-huh. that I can sort of like paste into my ticket too.
0: Oh, nice. So
1: the idea is here is like communication, you know, being remote, we need to sort of, uh, I can't look over somebody's shoulder or tell yeah. me, move. Let me sit down at your computer and get you set up. Right. Uh, But now I have a way to say, hey, whatever this complains about, that's what you need on your machine. You don't have uh, this installed or you're in the wrong version of, you know, we're working with Yarn 1.x and you're below that. So everything's going to go haywire. Yep. You know, I I think I have, uh, there's some really funny things. I started taking a note of things that we wound up catching. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have the curious. notes right, here. but like, like, just let's see. There are some things that were just driving me absolutely insane. Like, uh, somebody mentioned the other day that if you have, um, if you're using yarn, it doesn't care if the yarn lock file and your node modules are out of sync. Uh-huh. Like, just uh, catches all these weird issues. Or like, uh, npm has like exceed, like gone up five levels uh, recently, you know, so um, to catch up with Yarn, of course. And so what happens is um, if you have an NPM lock file, which is like the latest and it needs to, but if you have an old version Mm -hmm. of NPM, it's not updating that lock file for you, right? And so if you're trying to enforce that you want your NPM lock file there, you have to enforce that NPM is at least of a certain. And what's funny is, like, who watches the watchers?
0: <laughs> it's yeah.
1: really kind of meta at some point. So we just like to say, hey, snapshot my machine. It works on mine. Uh-huh. Uh, it has the snapshot look when you run it across yours. And then it kind of says, like, hey, these are the things we care about. And you're way off.
0: <laughs> yep. That's cool.
1: Yeah. It gets a little weird to describe that problem, but it, it's so funny if anybody's ever like come across it. It's like, yes,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: How do I solve this? Like, I I love that one of these tools takes care of its domain, but uh, yeah. it gets it's getting hairy out there, buddy.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean I've solved this. Usually, it's someone that I can go and sit down next to them, right? And so I run it, and it's like, oh, you don't have this installed. Oh, you need these. Uh, system libraries, you know, off of apt or brew or whatever, um, and so you know you can kind of figure that out. But yeah, remotely, Ooh. Oh, okay. Right. You want me to log into your machine and monkey with stuff and
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? And and who and and remember that, yeah. Like, oh, the spread operator was added into like Node uh-huh. core at yeah. eight, but not at seven point six. Like, right. Uh, Okay. I'm not remembering these things. Like, It's going to be a problem all over the place.
0: Yeah. that Or you went to the Node webpage and you installed the latest version of Node and it turns out that it has some breaking (laughs) API changes, right? So then you have to downgrade to whatever the client's using. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've, I've had that pain. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah,
1: hopefully this helps out with that. Um, Definitely got some smart people looking into it and using it. And we're using it on all our projects. Uh, we're only going to keep making it better. But the blog post got like tons and tons of traffic, and uh, just just tooling has been my adventure lately. Building uh, cool tools to make life uh, right. fun. Sounds good. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, the last thing that we do on this show is picks. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24 7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven day money back guaranteed. So go check them out at lino.com slash JavaScript Jabber. I know that you're familiar with that from React Native Radio. Uh, do you have some things you want to shout out about?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, Fortunately enough, we got to run the the conference, the the US React Native specific conference. Uh-huh. So if everybody is about web, there's there's so tons of web conferences out there, and they're really cool. I've been to quite a few of them. But if you're into uh, building mobile, building Apple, building Windows, like just the sort of the React Native like all the platforms that are kind of coming. Also React Native Web, we're gonna definitely have talks on that. Uh, We throw the React Native conference in uh, the US. It's Chain React and it's July 11th, 12th and 13th um, in Portland. And uh, the CFP just opened up and we've got some huge keynote speakers Uh, We've announced, uh, Kent C. Dodds is going to be speaking, Tracy Lee. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. We did our first one last year, Uh and it went amazingly, creepily well. Everybody loved it. It was beautiful. And uh, we didn't really have a single blip that uh, caused an issue. The biggest blip we had is one of the people who was mic'd up. Uh, left the speakers area with the mic on them. We had to go chase (laughs) them down and get it back, but we had two mics to go. Uh, So we we had 45 minutes to find him (laughs) and get the microphone off of him. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, it was really, really fun. So I'm looking forward to it. We are going to write... Last year, we wrote an open source app for the conference app. Mm and we're gonna write another one for this year coming up. It's just, uh, it's an exciting time that we're surprised nobody was doing it. And now here we are, we're throwing it. And I mean, it's just been, everything came together. It's a huge success. So I definitely wanna say if you're interested or if you wanna be a speaker, CFP is open and uh, at least register for the mailing list. So that way we can let you know who's gonna be there and what's gonna happen.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in with a few picks. Um, One of my picks is um, I ran across a movie trailer that I'm super excited about. And um, I I think I've picked Ready Player One like three weeks in a row. So I'm not going to pick that (laughs) movie trailer again. I I freaking love that book. Um, The other one is Avengers Infinity. And that's coming out in Mm -hmm. May. And... You know, freaking comic books, dude. I I, I just, <laughs> I'm super excited. So I'm actually, and and I might need a little bit of help with this because I'm trying to figure out um like the order that I need to play them in. But I think I'm going to do like a, a two-day movie marathon <laughs> before it comes out and just watch like all of the, you know, All of the Avengers movies. So, you know, all the Hulk movies and Iron Man movies and Captain America movies. Skip the
1: Hulk movies. Skip the Hulk movies. I probably can. (laughs) I
0: I haven't actually seen any of the Hulk movies.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Did you read the Infinity Wars and the Infinity Gauntlet comic books?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Oh, man. You could start there. I
0: probably could.
1: That's a good spot. I mean, that that sets the tone. Because when those comic books came out, it everybody was talking about them because uh, just knowing what's coming up is really, really exciting. Yep. Uh, And so I highly recommend that. I definitely say skip the Hulk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I I might play him just to, just to say I've seen him, but,
1: yeah, you know the the Thor, uh, the most recent Thor Ragnarok, kind of makes some serious jokes on uh, the likability of the Hulk. Yeah. they did a good job. They really did a good job.
0: <laughs> well, the other thing is, is oh, we we could talk about this all day. I'm sure. You know, they they replaced Edward Norton with uh, Mark Ruffalo, and I like Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: um, but like I said, I haven't seen the other movies, so. They just didn't make it when they were coming out i don't know why so
1: yeah well where they're going with this is i i mean i'm glued to the screen and um i saw that between here and there we have the black panther movie coming out yes yes he's obviously got a huge part well Uh he can't die at the end right he's in the trailer for the next movie (laughs) good job marvel (laughs) yeah so uh but yeah it's it's pretty cool i like that um they're really bringing all the if they can pull the budget in to do infinity war like infinity war needs to do right. like it's gonna be insane. it's gonna be the most expensive movie ever shot
0: well it looks like they're bringing in all of the marvel franchises that they own yeah and so the only one that may not show up is x-men because i think they've licensed x-men to somebody else
1: yeah, X-Men, uh, all mutants are like domain of Fox, I think. Yeah. So anybody uses the. That's why uh, the TV show says inhumans.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they can't use the word mutant. So. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, interesting stuff, but yeah. Um, anyway, and then the other thing that I'm going to pick, I just barely set up as we're recording this, this is going to come out in a few weeks. So old news by now, um, a forum for the devchat.tv podcast network. So if you go to forum.devchat.tv, you can join in, um, you know, as we're talking, there aren't very many people in there. Um, and I'm still setting up some of the categories and things. So it'll kind of grow into that, but uh, we have that set up. And then if you want to get into the Slack room, you can go to Patreon um, I think it's patreon.com slash dev TV, or you can just go to devchat.tv and click on the, the donate Patreon link at the top. Um, you have to donate more than $10 and then, um, one of the comments that's available to contributors is uh, a link to go sign up for the Slack channel. And, uh, you know, if you want to cancel it after that, you can, you know, um, Or if you want to stick around and keep sending us money, that would be awesome. And then finally, the last thing that I'm going to pick, and this is very relevant to our conversation, um, we're starting a React podcast. Yay! Nice! Um, So we're going to do it the same format as JavaScript Jabber and React Native Radio, where we have guests, we talk uh, as a panel, you know, awesome stuff. And um, anyway, the Indiegogo is mostly just to see how interested people are and you know to basically cover the production costs for the first little while while we find sponsors. So if you're interested in, in that kind of a thing, then uh, go check it out. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to get that finished and up today. Um, if you're also curious, we're starting podcasts at the same time on Vue.js and on Elixir. So if you're interested in those topics, you can go check them out, out as well. But yeah, that's it.
1: Dude, that is awesome. So, so I hope to be uh, sometimes uh, see you on the React, uh, on the Elixir. You know, we have a ton of people uh, who did like Elixir TV. I can uh-huh. definitely. And then um, Vue JS is here in New Orleans. The Vue JS conf that's coming up. Oh, nice. In uh, I think like end of March, beginning of April. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, if people want to see what you're working on these days. Uh, do you have a... Uh, you said you've been blogging. So I'm assuming you have a blog or Twitter, GitHub, all that good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The t- All that's been blowing up pretty nice. So Um You can see all my silly icons. You can get a link to Medium. Definitely if you haven't seen me on Medium, please uh, subscribe. And then on Twitter. And then of course, anywhere in the React Native uh, universe. I'm usually at the conferences speaking. I'll probably be um, traveling a good bit. Uh, I think I might be even an MC at React Amsterdam. So definitely, if you see me, come up, say hi.
0: All right. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up and we'll catch everyone next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit... C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y to learn more.